Thank you. Brilliant. Okay, so we are in Advent. Who's got your Advent calendars already? Oh, they're a very disorganized group today. Or do you just not like fun? What's going on here? Who's got your Advent calendars? Okay, two more people. Fine. Well, I have an Advent calendar this year. I don't always get one, but a friend of mine gave me one on Friday. And drum roll, please. It's been in the house two whole days. I haven't eaten any of the chocolates yet. I do generally polish them all off by day three. So feel free to ask me how that's going as the weeks go on. In fact, I have a friend who's a bit similar to me in this regard. She turns to food in times of crisis. I have many crises. And um, she uh, had a particularly busy day on the 19th of November. So she raided their Christmas stockpile and uh, found a chocolate orange. She found it in the morning. By the end of lunchtime, it looked like this. <laughs> On the 19th of November, not even Advent. Um, did you ever, I had, went to primary school where we had a candle, an Advent candle, have you seen those? And you burn a little bit each day, and then each child takes it in turns to blow them out, which these days would be an absolute health and safety nightmare, but at the time it was fine. My sister, who is a teacher and therefore very, very good at this sort of thing, has a lovely, lovely wooden box with drawers, 24 drawers. Um, I think we've got a picture of it. And that is very pretty, isn't it? She didn't make it, she bought it. But what she does is she puts something in each drawer for her three children, like she writes something down for each day. And then after school, they come home from school and they open the drawer and they do the thing on the list, like write a letter to someone or do a craft, and it's just the sweetest thing. Very sweet. She also does give them chocolate because they're not too worthy a family. But yes, very sweet. Um, it's all part of the journey towards Christmas. Feels like we're going for it this Christmas, aren't we? Following last year. Whatever comes out of the announcements from the last few days, feels like in our heart of hearts we really want to do Christmas this year. So, Riverside Vineyard also going for it. If you're anywhere near Staines in the next few weeks, we're having carols at the appropriately named pub the Bells. Good choice, Staines team. Well done. We do actually now have a Staines team. So if you live anywhere that, uh, to that part of the world, do find out what we're doing there because it's really exciting. Planting some, um, just some more good news of Jesus and bringing more people towards him. So um, if that's your neck of the woods, do join in with that. That'll be really fun. Um, speaking of appropriate names, there's a phrase, nominative determinism, which means being named like the thing that you are. So, you know, like somebody who makes cakes who happens to be called Mr. Baker. I have a friend called Christian Guy. <laughs> he loves Jesus, so that's fine. <laughs> On the 12th, we're having our really big, exciting carol services. This is one of the highlights of my year. My other highlight is Good Friday, but we'll talk about that another time. And uh, so on the 12th, we're having two, two carol services here, 4.30 and 7, and they are belters, honestly. These are the things, as Rob was saying, these are the things to bring people to because they will love it. Really, really fun, lots of joining in, and um, very Christmassy feeling. Everyone will just have a great time. At the same time, we're having our all-age Christmas services which I'm told are great fun, really quite raucous and completely unpredictable. So if you have any children, grandchildren, people you know, invite them along to those. But before we get to that, we start on Advent. So if you're doing an Advent calendar, candle, little box, whatever, 
You won't really be starting that until Wednesday, because that's the first of December. But in the church, there's a long tradition of going back a bit earlier to start Advent, four whole Sundays before Christmas, so that you have all of those moments to talk about it and think about what's coming, because what's coming is pretty epic. So this is the first Sunday of Advent, even though we're still in November. And over the next four weeks, we would really love to encourage you to join with those of us who are doing this in reading parts of the Bible that take us towards the wonderful promises of God that we start to see fulfilled as Jesus comes into the world that very first Christmas. So we have some cards at the back of the room, which on one side will help you to figure out how you're going to do your readings and help you prepare your mind and think about the questions you might ask yourself. And on the other side, we have lists of readings from the Bible that you can do just a little bit each day. And we really recommend that you carve out some space in the day, sit down and do just this. If that's really not possible, because life is super busy always, and extra for many people at this time of year, they're also suitable for doing on the bus, or in the bath, or any time that you've just got a few minutes where you're not actually speaking to somebody, and you can be looking at a screen or a page. If you don't have a Bible, you will be able to find all of these online. If even that's difficult, do speak to one of the people at the information desks at the back and we'll help you out. Nobody should be too far away from the Word of God, in my opinion. So we would love to help you with that. And here at Riverside, during the next few months, few months, few weeks, the next month, we're looking at some of the songs in the Bible that take us towards Christmas. And today, we're going to start with one of the most famous songs in the whole Bible. It's often called the Magnificat which means magnify, because it's a song which magnifies the Lord. So if you remember from the readings that you'll often do in the book of Psalms, that's something that we're often told to do, magnify the Lord. Let's magnify the Lord together. Come magnify the Lord with me. Magnify the Lord in all his goodness. Exalt him, blah, blah, blah. We have these injunctions to magnify, which I always, especially as a child, thinking, how do you magnify something that's already really big? Like, God is the biggest of bigness. How do you magnify that? Well, let's find out. So this is a song about magnifying the Lord, and it's in the book of Luke, which is one of the four books in the Bible that tells us all about Jesus' life on the earth, his birth, life, death, and resurrection. So we learn a lot about the character and the purpose of Jesus here. So if you're able to, why don't you turn with me to the book of Luke and the first chapter. And this song is by Jesus' mother Mary, and it's before Jesus has been born. In fact, she's only just found out, she's just agreed to be part of God's story in this way. So you're welcome to turn with me, and the words will come up on the screen as well. And Mary said, My soul glorifies the Lord. My spirit rejoices in God my Savior. Some of you got tunes in your head now? So many, many songs, this. <laughs> For he has been mindful of the humble state of his servant. From now on, all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. His mercy extends to those who fear him from generation to generation. He has performed mighty deeds with his arm. He has scattered those who are proud in their inmost thoughts. He has brought down rulers from their thrones and has lifted up the humble. He has filled the hungry with good things, but has sent the rich away empty. 
He has helped his servant Israel, remembering to be merciful to Abraham and his descendants forever, just as he promised our ancestors. This is a song of waiting. It's, as I say, one of the most famous songs in the Bible. People really, really love this one. All around the world, in some churches, people say this every day or every week, depending on how often they go or say their prayers. It's been to set, set to music loads and loads of times. If you've been to a cathedral when you've been on holiday or visiting somewhere or if you just popped in sometime or if you've ever visited an Evensong service in an Anglican church, this is a staple. It's a beautiful song and it's vital for our understanding of Advent because Advent is a month when we wait. We wait for the hope that is to come. We wait for the promises God has made to us. We wait for light in the darkness, for glory to visit our lives, for Jesus who changes everything. Those of us who've said yes to Jesus already have this. And if you haven't said yet to Jesus, I promise you, he does offer you hope, joy, purpose, healing, forgiveness, peace, and a future that goes beyond anything you can imagine. We'd love to introduce you to him this morning. But even when we've said yes to Jesus, and sometimes it feels like it's because we've said yes to Jesus, we still find ourselves waiting. As we remember the coming of Jesus into the world at this time of year, all the promise and hope and joy he brings with him, we remind ourselves that God always has more for us. There's always more to come. Mary was waiting physically to give birth. That's a time of great anticipation, isn't it? physical discomfort, excitement, wondering what's going to happen, perhaps some anxiety. And she already knew it wasn't going to be straightforward. She was in a very complicated situation, but she said yes to God, and now she's waiting for it to happen. Let's look at what this song tells us about waiting. And in the meantime, I'm just gonna put out a request for an iPad charger, if anyone's got one. Thank you, just bring it up and help me out with that. Okay, so first thing to think about, while we wait, put God first. Mary begins by saying, my soul glorifies the Lord and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior because we start with God. When we are waiting, we're particularly aware of this. It's very tempting to look at what we can do and who we are in a situation, but God is God and we are not. His faithfulness goes beyond our understanding. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. He was, is, is to come. He was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. He's always there. He's always everywhere. Wherever we go, whatever we're doing, we know that God is always there. It's tempting to look at God only in the light of what's going on right now in our experience or what's going on in the world around us and think, well, this is who God is. And it is, but it's not all of who God is because God is bigger. God has always been. God will always be. And particularly when we are waiting, because when we're waiting, we can often become a bit uncertain. We wonder what's going to happen. We might start to be concerned about some things, let worry and fear invade our thoughts. And it's important to remember to put God first. I know I say this all the time. Thank you. If you've heard me preach recently, which makes it sound like I do it every day, most conversations with me are a bit like that, to be honest. But if you've had a chat with me recently, you'll know that I bang on about this all the time. If you think about the Lord's Prayer, the prayer that Jesus teaches us in the Bible, Jesus specifically teaches us to pray in a way that puts God first. Because we open that prayer with our Father, who is in heaven. 
hallowed be thy name. We start with God because God is God and we are not. And before we bring our questions and our wondering and even our thanks to God, and we must do all of those things, we must bring our things that are on our mind and our situations and our questions and our requests, but before we get to that, we remember who is God and God is God. Put God first. Then Mary goes on from here to expand it a bit more. She says, she reminds us that while we wait, we declare God's blessing. So what Mary's doing here is she's talked a bit about um, uh, God, and then she starts to bring herself into the conversation. She thinks, sings of the things that God does and what he means to her. So she says things like, he's been mindful of the humble state of his servant. She says, from now on, all generations will call me blessed, for the mighty one has done great things for me. Holy is his name. She's just, just at this point heard from God. And she knows that she's going to bear the child that God will send into the world. She knows it's huge, but clearly she has no idea of the drama that is to come because it's going to be bonkers, isn't it? I mean, let's face it, she's got 35 years of complete trauma ahead, as well as immense joy and excitement. And many of you will say that's basically parenting. But <laughs> and I believe you. Equally, though, this particular baby is going on to change the world forever. And still 2,000 years later, there's all sorts of drama in the name of that particular child. She has no idea what's coming, but in faith, she declares God's blessing on her own life because she has put her trust in him. She has agreed. She has invited. She has welcomed God. She has said yes. She calls herself blessed even though she has nothing. She's not rich. She doesn't have social status. She doesn't really have much security. And the next few months will be very messy until her partner also hears from God and joins her in obedience to what God is doing. But she still knows she is blessed. Not in a hashtag blessed kind of way where we show off the fun things we're doing or our new clothes or car, but because she is joining in with the plans of God. And that is enough. That's where our fulfillment comes, in receiving God's love and resting in it, finding joy in the everyday, believing that God is doing great things and we are part of it, discovering our place in the majestic story that God is telling around the world, throughout history and into eternity. While we wait for the more that God has for us, let's declare his goodness. Let's remind ourselves that we are blessed. Speak the truth of who God is in our lives. His love endures forever. He changes us from glory to glory. Holy is his name. Thirdly, while we wait, we wait, remember that God has always been faithful. Mary moves from the personal about herself and God to the universal, where she talks about God's love for everyone. She sings of God's consistency and faithfulness throughout all of time and to all people. She speaks of what has gone before. Now, sometimes in our kind of church, it's very tempting because we're so positive and hopeful and celebratory, charismatic. We talk so much about the future God has for us that we don't always pay full attention to what God has already done. Long before we were born, God was at work. Long before Jesus came into the world as a human being, God was already faithful because Jesus was already here 
before that first Christmas. God the Father, God the Son, which we call Jesus, God the Holy Ghost or Holy Spirit are one and always have been. Three and one have always been so. We just didn't meet Jesus in person, in flesh and blood, until Christmas. And that was a moment which changed our interaction with God. Jesus' life, death, and resurrection made possible a way for us to be in direct relationship with God without needing mediating, which had been the case before then. Made it possible for us to be completely forgiven and reconciled with God through Jesus Christ. God has always been and always is. Mary reminds us here that we can look back and see the track record of God in history, in scripture, in the church, in the lives of those who have gone before, in the lives of those around us in our own lives, from generation to generation. God is powerful and majestic and his glory covers the earth. God sees things differently from humans who seek power. Mary points out that he has rebuked pride in people who relied on their own strength. We serve a God of justice, mercy and compassion who hates exploitation, cruelty and selfishness. We see that God turns situations around, turns them upside down and of course that's what Jesus came to do. So many times Jesus is in conversations or situations where he says or does something that is completely unexpected, turns on its head the norms and conventions of the time. The powerful don't always win. God takes a very dim view of people who put their riches before their relationship with him. God is God. We are not. God has gone before and has never failed. God has always been faithful. Would you like to stand with me if you're able to this morning? As we start to respond together to what the Lord is saying to us today, let me go back and remind you of the first three words of this passage. And Mary said. If she just thought this in her head, we wouldn't know anything about it. Perhaps our first step in this Advent season of waiting is to speak, to sing, to declare, to name, to proclaim to bring into being by speaking out, to announce to ourselves, maybe to somebody else as well, to hold forth, and Mary said. So as we stand together, if you're able to, let's each of us where we are just start to speak. Whatever works for you, eyes open, eyes closed, hands out, hands up, hands down, it doesn't really matter. This is between you and God. Why don't you just start to have a chat with God? and think, what is it I am waiting for in this season? Where are you taking me in the next few weeks as we remember the glory of the promise that came into the world that very first Christmas and the way that life changed forever? Our future, not just on this planet, but for all of eternity, became much more generous, much more hopeful, much more secure because of Jesus. Jesus changes everything. Without knowing what was to come, Mary said. Without us knowing exactly what is to come, what are we going to say to God this morning? Let's just start to do that together, wherever we are. Come Lord Jesus.